0: This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host Greg Crumpton.
1: Well, hello once again and welcome back to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and of course I've got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Greg Crumpton here with me as well. Greg, how are you today, sir?
0: Hey, Tyler, I'm doing really, really well. Um, looking at uh, beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina right now. And uh, enjoying the spring a little bit of a little bit of a I don't know hay feeder or pollen or whatever but uh, that's a good thing compared to what's going on. so um, all good And uh, looking forward we we have such a cool and I you know I hate that word, but I love that word because our guest today is cool and um, so excited to to, uh, to kick off today and to talk about leadership, talk about, um there's so many things that our guest brings and i was talking to my wife earlier this morning about our guest and um just super excited by by what he has been through believes in and 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 walks the talk so um i'll shut up and let you get us going because i'm excited
1: yeah you know it we've had just such an incredible variety of people on this podcast and I've loved each and every interview that we've gotten to do and just getting to hear perspectives from unique and different people. And so today uh, our guest has um, maybe the the coolest and most unique uh, bio of anybody so far. His name is Colonel Waldo Waldman, and he is uh, better known perhaps as the Wingman, and he's the author of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller "Never Fly Solo." He's a combat-decorated fighter pilot and sales manager turned motivational sales and leadership keynote speaker, executive coach, and performance consultant. Waldo, thank you so much for uh, being here on Straight Out of Crumpton today.
2: Yeah, great out of uh, straight out of Crompton right here in Wingmanville, in Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat, guys.
0: Gotta love it. So I, I just want to 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 like flashback, Waldo. Um, I think we were in San Diego. I don't know why I think that, but that's where a lot of cool stuff happens. So I think it's cool. You came to speak to a group of people, and that group was called the Unified Group, and we were a peer group of mechanical contractors that were bound together. By sharing best practices and, and just helping one another. And Julie Bishop was the, the executive director of that group. And she brought you in along with Kristen Compton. And um, you delivered a speech to us that morning. And, and I don't say a talk because it was a speech and it hit a lot of people really hard. And apparently it hit me really hard because we're 15 years removed. And I still remember a lot of those words you said. And I remember you walking out in your navy blue flight suit. And I thought, now that that dude right there has got it going on. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for letting me relive those memories over the last few weeks as we have, have built up to this day, and i um, super excited to have you here. So thank you for joining us. Love to hear more about what you do, how you do it. You're, you know, I was telling my wife this morning, you're a twin, a little bit claustrophobic, a, a lot of stuff that you're like, how is that dude in a fighter, you know, cockpit? So uh, welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. Thank you. Um,
2: Greg, I, I love uh, the fact that you remember that 15 years or so the time flies. And by the way, my identical twin, the ultimate wingman lives there in uh, in uh, Charlotte as well and in, in Ballantyne area. Um, and he's been there for around 15 years or so as well. So uh, uh, relationships are important. And one thing that happens a lot of times is that when you bring bring wingman relationships together, and a wingman is a trusted partner, that does not happen overnight. You just don't shake somebody's hand and and say, you're my wingman, a wing ma'am, as I like to call the ladies. That takes time and effort. You gotta nurture that relationship. There has to be a foundation of core values, of of, uh, accountability, of give and take. And the more I grow in life and as a 51 year old guy, ready to be 52 in a week, uh, this weekend and and live life and as we're dealing with the crisis right now and you start realizing who those people are that you can build those wingman relationships with and really the way you gauge that in business or life is somebody that you feel comfortable going to for help, right, Greg? And isn't that why you do what you do and the reputation that you have because you have a very giving. Personality. We've connected on social media. You nurture those relationships. You don't just philosophize about them. And so, as people start dodging missiles and dealing with change, growing their businesses, dealing with the turbulence and headwinds of this economy, of this disruption, as we try to be fighter pilots and strap into our jets and fly these new missions, wingmen, trusted partners, people that you can go to for help are more important than ever. And I think you'd agree with that 100%.
0: Amen. and, and it's, it's so weird, you know, I, I think about, you know, I've, I've lived, I'm, I'm 55, a little bit older than you, and having gone through a couple of weird things, uh, one being the death of my parents, uh, 9-11, this uh, stock market crash, the Great Recession of, of 7 through 9, now uh, this, and it, it really puts in perspective you know, the people that you are are close with and, you know, I, I love uh, your, your mantra, push it up. And I love the fact that when you get in a little bit of a rut and we all do or, or most of us do and we're going through that, holy crap, I've got 44 Zoom calls today, but I know that's my job right now. Um, you know, I, I, I can read a little bit or I hear a little bit of what you say and you put out a good piece yesterday I was listening to. Um, but just to, to get a little bit of inspiration and think, push it up. You know, for me, that means get your slack butt up and, and let's go. You know, like, like, let's make a difference. And I think what what I've learned from you is other people get that energy. And, you know, I, I, that's what I got day one was the energy. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't want to gloat. I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a freaking movie star right now, but, um, it's just so cool to see how you help people cross over to the energy zone or, or jump over or whatever the right word is to get people out of a, a stagnant situation into a, a positive foot on the gas situation. So that's to me, is where that relationship comes in and learning from you of how you impact people. So,
2: so I appreciate that. And for those that don't know what Push It Up is, it's really the call to action that we gave each other when we were in the 35th Fighter Squadron in, in the Republic of South Korea, where I spent a year along the demilitarized zone. Doing crazy things that didn't make the news, by the way. And so, <laughs> thank, we would yell, you, thank out, push you for it that. Up. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You know, and 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 I'm proud to serve. But you know, it, it's a call to action. It's a call to action, and you have to look at the most important wingman, or wingman there is, and you put on your flight suit every day, and that's yourself. The relationship that we have with ourselves now, Greg, the person staring back at you, asking you, "Will you be ready today? Can I depend on you?" To show up, to deliver your value, to be prepared, to have the energy, the resilience, to serve your kids, your customers, selling HVAC equipment or selling motivation or leadership or financial services, whatever it is, whoever's listening to this, you have to say, I am ready to push it up. If not me, who? And fully be accountable and trust yourself. And many people who are in the dungeon right now, scared, isolated, paralyzed, they're like, I can push it up. And you know what? That's okay. Because that's where a wingman comes in. We have limitations. We're going to struggle. We need to call out to each other for help. But if you're not taking advantage of this economy, this downtime, this disruption, this this discomfort to get better, to work on that inner wingman, to sweat, to sacrifice, to think about your health and fitness to get uncomfortable with the tools and technologies. I know you just started this podcast, Greg, you're providing value. You know, things are different. Supply chain's different. Margins are different. The economy is different. The market, everything is different. But if you're not changing amidst this, then you can't build trust in yourself and you will deteriorate other relationships because if you can't depend on yourself and others can't depend on you, that is the slow and often quick in, de- descent into irrelevance in this world. And I, I think people more than ever need to get a kick in the pants and a hug. And more people need kicks in the butts right now. I think, I think yes, we got to hug and nurture each other. But if you're not working with people who are challenging you to grow and seeing the best in you, pushing, helping you to push it up then that's a challenge right now. So I I challenge everybody to say, all right, what can I do to dig the well before I need it? Uh, Nurture those relationships. And and one thing that I think is important for everybody to realize as they build those relationships is if you're in that zone right now, where you're discouraged, where you're like, man, I can't push it up. I've got an engine failure today. There's too many headwinds. Uh, The storms are ever present. I want you to think about who you can help push up, right? And when you think about others who are struggling, others who you can serve, other wingmen who need you, no matter what it is, that word of encouragement, that piece of technical or tactical advice that you have that nobody else does perhaps, and you lend your wings away, now you're helping others, you're focusing off of yourself and you're finding what I call meaning in your mission. And it will give you, the vector and the propellant and the, the power to push it up and, and find more value in, in that. And sometimes we give more to others than we do for ourselves. And then it re-inspires ourselves to uh, to push it up,
0: right? So, Walter, that, that is so real. And what I find right now, and, and, and this is just me from my, my crazy world, you know, I, I think pre, you know, January or whenever we started all this craziness <clears throat> excuse me i think that i often thought about roles and missions in your world roles in my world as being monthly weekly you know kind of a little bit longer duration okay i'm going to be a mentor i'm going to be a mentee i'm going to coach lead help whatever i need to do but there was this period of time in my brain of like, all right, that, that's what I see. Right now, and, and I, I don't know if you see it or not, but those roles tend to be like freaking half day roles. Like I see a lot of people that in their in the morning, they're killing it. In the afternoon, you know, they need a cocktail. So it, it just, it, it's like. Everything is fast forward and hyper hyper speed and or supersonic. If if you're you know flying a freaking fighter jet, of how quickly that change is occurring, and how quickly our roles have to be adaptive to that what's going on at this moment. Are are you seeing that or do you do you sense that?
2: Yeah. Well, what happens I think is that we're looking three months, four months, a year down the line. Will the pandemic change? Will I make money in my business? Will I be able to adapt? You know, what if what if it, we can't? What if uh, the economy doesn't change? What if I go out of business and we start what ifing ourselves and we start looking so far into the future where there's doubt and uncertainty and it prevents us from being present and prepared for today? I wore this flight suit today. I'm, I'm wearing my flight suit, like you probably saw me uh, 15 years ago. And I was on a on a Zoom call with a company who, who hired me. Uh, you know, they're a manufacturing company. The board board was there around 30 or so people, and we talked about, you know, being relevant and 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 the uncertainty certainty out there. But to be present, you have to look at the immediacy of the situation. I wear this flight suit and put on this put it on because I realize I'm on a mission today for this call to help you, your clients, your, your listeners, one person out of the hundred or a few hundred or a thousand that are listening. Just one, Greg. That's all we need to impact. To get them present, to start putting their radar, not on 40 mile scope or 80 mile scope, all the way out there, but to be on a close scope and be in single target track, the radar is locked in just to one thing, one mission, one focal point, And that's hard to do when there's all these distractions, when fear is present when there's turbulence and missiles being shot at us right and so I think we need to be careful looking so far out in the distance it, it, it prevents us from being present prepared passionate and delivering our goods and when we do that and distract ourselves from the future of fear and to the power of the presence and the positivity of the presence and who we can help it, it, it gets us more focused it prevents us from being, overwhelmed which is a big word of, of these days right overwhelmed i've been there I, this morning i had so much stuff going on and i said i gotta write this article on crisis leadership i shut up my damn cell phone turned off the computer it, you know, the distractions and i buckled down and made it happen and that's what aces do that's what fighter pilots do that's what leaders do and so that that presence that ability to focus And then if you can apply that to the prospect that you're on the phone with, the spouse or son or daughter or friend who needs you to listen and say, I'm not worried about the future, I'm being totally present today. Um, It it, it prevents us from being overwhelmed and allows us to to deliver the good that we have inside of us and propels us through that moment instead of distracts us from, uh, uh, you know, from the possibility of, of winning for the day.
0: Well, you said that so well. And, you know, I go back to uh, John Maxwell, who, who I love to read. And, you know, his is intentionality and, and listening intentionally. And like you said, cut the phone off or, or, you know, move away from your work environment to interact with whomever you need to. But um, so one thing I, I would love for you to, to tell, if, if you'd be so kind you said the word overwhelm and if I remember right in your book and uh, you talk about your your uh, being claustrophobic and you strap in to the cockpit of this little bitty you know I've never been in a cockpit of that kind of fighter plane but you know you strap in and you hit you know the big green go button whatever that looks like in a in a jet how do you go from um, and and, and, I, and I'm I'm likening this to you hitting the go button on the on the ship and you're about to be launched by a steam catapult to somebody who is really fearful about tomorrow and what they have to do in order to earn money for their family to live in this weird time? How how do, how did you get that courage to hit go and how does that apply to a lady with two kids who, who may be raising them on her own and she's got to hit go at seven in the morning? How, how does that kind of juxtaposition hit you mentally?
2: For those listening, well, I, three years into my flying career, I almost died in a scuba diving accident, uh, 35 feet under the water, panic attack freaked out worst experience of my life and a few days later back in the cockpit flying in the weather and had the same panic attack but instead of being 35 feet under the water or thirty five thousand feet in the air or 30 30 feet in the five feet in the water i was thirty five thousand feet in the air and i had uh, claustrophobia i'm like i gotta get the heck out of this plane and it Revealed this ugly demon of claustrophobia and panic that I never thought I had. And every time I strapped it to the jet to push it up, to take off, release the brakes and push up that throttle. I didn't just have to deal with the complexities of flying a high speed fighter, going to war, dodging missiles, being shot down. I had to deal with this fear of having that panic attack. I never knew when it would strike. And it normally struck when it was at night in the weather, uh, very far away from the home base, and where my mind wasn't distracted on the enemy and my team. And I'm going to explain that here in a second. We're all going to have fears and uncertainties where we're going to be asked to take off, release the brakes, knowing that today you're going to fly down that runway and there are going to be missiles, that you could be shot down. That an hour later you could be a POW, perhaps. Three hours later, you could be losing an engine and 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 have a mid-air collision. There's so many what-ifs that happen in a fighter, in a fi- in a world of a fighter pilot, which is why we train and prepare and push it up and work on our inner self, that inner wingman, all those things I discussed before. We don't fly by the seat in our pants. The reason why we're less fearful. Is because we we prepared and trained, but then the emotion takes over, no matter how prepared you are. And you start wondering: can I do this? Will I make it? Will I push it up? Will I pull it back? And one of the keys to my success, and there are a, a few significant ones, I'll tell you the secret. It was distracting myself from myself and focusing on. Who needed me? Who depended on me? Like I mentioned before, my wingmen, the men and women who I was flying with, that if I didn't do my job, if I didn't push it up, if I didn't execute, they would be impacted. They would be hurting. They would be less effective. Could I look myself in the mirror, wear these wings on my chest, be an Air Force fighter pilot, and truly say, I've earned it. I'm ready to go if I let down my team? by not doing my job. So this sense of responsibility, reminding who needs me, like you talked about the single mom with kids. I want that single mom to picture herself on a diving board, which is a lot more easier to picture than in a jet. And let's say you're afraid of heights or maybe not afraid of heights, and you're on a 35-foot diving board, which I had to jump off of at the Air Force Academy. You're on that 35-foot diving board looking down, scared to death, and if you're afraid of heights or even not you're probably not going to jump unless there's a compelling why for you to do it and if, if you think about your kids right <laughs> but if you think about your kids probably or your grandkids those little little buggers three and five years old maybe they're in the water screaming mommy mommy help me you are jumping in a heartbeat if you're not just get off the phone you're not a human being right you are jumping because there's meaning to your mission. You're distracting yourself from your internal selfish fear, focusing outward on who needs you. Your fear suddenly takes second place to the courage and responsibility that you have. And that's what got me through, Greg, realizing that I, I, others needed me. And it took this sense of pride and responsibility to go out and kick some serious butt and overcome myself. And I realized that service trumps fear. And that pushing it up and excellence is a byproduct of service that when you're focused on people who need you, now that's when you have to do it. And that, that gives you the, the meaning to the mission and propels you forward. Um, and so I want people to remind themselves who needs them. More than ever now, this gift of this whole COVID-19 issue is we're finding out what, what's really important to us as we spend time with our kids or our loved ones, if we're blessed to have them around. We're finding out who we are. And we're not business people. We're not sales reps or moms and dads. We're, we're, we're human beings. We're out there trying to make a difference. I like to call myself a courage monger. There's fear mongers and I'm a courage monger. I love that. I am the courage monger. I want to give people courage in this in this in in the face of fear. But it means sometimes, sometimes I'm going to push you. I'm going to call your bluff. I'm going to be there to support you. But I will push you and kick you and hug you. And so revitalize yourself. And expect the same, right? Yeah, and expect the you same. Expect and that's the key, same. Greg. Because if I don't expect the same, if I can't hear somebody give me advice, if I'm not approachable and coachable, then I'm I'm at fault as well. So a real critical point. And that's no doubt, Greg. Why you've been so such a uh, an informal mentor to me because I have a saying: make your friends your mentors, and your mentors your friends. You emulate it because I know you. You're humble and coachable, and you're always seeking to get better as well, aren't you, bro?
0: well that that's uh wow thank you that that's a hell of a compliment um Tyler, yes, you always help me understand this from a from a younger perspective because you are you know like a year or two younger than I am
1: <laughs> something like how, that yeah
0: so when you're hearing Waldo talk about experience, you know. 500, 600. I don't know how damn fast a jet goes, but real fast and having to make split second decisions. Your partner over here you know, is 30 feet off your wing. He's relying on you to be that nimble and that, that fluid with your movements and your thought processes. How does that overlay into work for you? Like you rely on something to happen before you get it. Then you get the ball, you do your thing, and then you pass it on. How, how, does, how does that pre-work that you get and then the post-work after you hand it off, do you feel like you're delivering excellence in that middle stream? And how do you impact excellence on the front and the, and the leaving side of your projects or, or your piece of work? How, how does that hit you?
1: Yeah, you know, it it all starts for for me uh with what Waldo started off talking about and that was the trust aspect, right? And you know, I I think that that for me personally that that going through uh difficult times and working through problems and going through uh you know, having hard conversations with people those sorts of things help build and foster that trust that is so important in, you know, in any environment. But as we talk about a work environment specifically, and, you know, a work environment that's, that's, uh, that has a lot of younger people with that, without maybe as many life experiences, I think going through those experiences together really helps build that trust aspect. And I, I think for me, then it's about layering, laying out clear expectations so that everybody knows exactly what's expected of them. And then knowing that if I don't, hold my end, you know, hold up my end of the bargain and, and do what is expected of me to the best of my abilities and try to maintain that level of excellence that we all shoot for, that I will be, you know, letting people down that, that count on me to be able to do their jobs well. And so I want to make sure that at any point when people are counting on me, that I can look them in the eye and confidently say, you know, I, I did my absolute best with everything that I, that I did today, knowing that, you know, at, uh, you know, where I work at market scale, you know, there are people that have to work and edit the audio that I hand them. There are people on the front end, um, that work with our, uh, with our various accounts, with our clients, um, that expect me to deliver a, a great experience for those clients, you know, to understand that, that their well being depends on the job that I do, and so you know having that trust between us, knowing that they're putting their faith in me that i'm going to do a good job, I think motivates me on a daily basis just to uh, make sure that i'm doing everything I can to do that to do that job well and so for me it, it all goes back to that trust you know trust before trust during, and then trust after just that everybody is going to do what's expected and making sure that those expectations are are clearly aligned
0: that that's uh I love hearing that because always, you know, I I think of you uh, as a a current, you know, in my mind, you're 28, handsome and, you know, kind of a James Bond guy, but married with kids. Um, So it's just always good for me to hear your perspective because, you know, Waldo is 51, soon to be 52, I'm 55. I interact with people from 65 down. So I always love to hear you know, the, the different viewpoints of how, like what Waldo's message meant to you and, you know, being able to, to take that and, and, and make it yours. Cause you know, 15 years ago, um, I was 40 years old and it meant something then, which is different than what it means now, but the same degree of, of, of being impactful so it's always cool to hear. I love to hear your perspective. So thank you for that. And,
1: yeah, you're welcome. Can, can I ask uh, Waldo a quick question real quick, just before we, uh, I know we're pushing up on time. So I just wanted to ask a, a quick question, uh, if I could, um, if you don't mind. Greg. No, I,
0: if he'll answer it. I mean, yeah. come on.
1: <laughs> so uh, my question uh, Waldo is that I, I find that that trust like i mentioned is kind of most often built through going through difficult times difficult circumstances kind of bonding people together when you go through trials and i think this is maybe one of the more unique trials that that people have walked through in a business setting probably is you know dealing with how business continues to get done during this coronavirus covid-19 type situation you know how would you Encourage people to continue building trust and to work together, and to maybe foster those relationships that are even stronger after this is over.
2: Be the type of person others can come to for help. I think is the key, you know. And you mentioned it, you know, trustworthy and all that. And I think when people work on that inner wingman and and become better who they, than they were yesterday, and work on their health and fitness, uh, they're approachable. They're reaching out, being a resource and giving advice and uh, you know, potentially inconveniencing themselves in this economy and market where there's so much turbulence and seek to be that resource. I think you build your reputation capital that way and you which is the most important asset you can have. And I, I think it goes a long way. you know every day you should be thinking to yourself, okay, I've got my plan. I, I, I'm working on my business, I'm focused on closing or this and that, or pro- whatever whatever it is with your immediate prospects and the business side. But then also pop a person or two on that radar in your quote unquote Rolodex who you haven't heard from in a while, or somebody that you see on LinkedIn or social media, friend, friend, uh, associate, somebody. Pick up the phone, send them a note, be a resource, and give them some type of some type of idea, some type of value that you provide in a unique way. For example, this morning I was on on the bike, uh, doing the bike. I was I was sweating. I try to sweat every day. I pray. I have my own rituals and all that. And uh, a buddy of mine called me back, a fellow speaker, and he gave me a great idea. He's like, "Walter, you know, you're Hall of Fame speaker. You speak eighty times a year. Uh, you know, you're doing all these these Zoom webinars. I do a lot of these sales leadership programs." where I'm helping companies and individuals sell better and create more collaborative relationships. You have so many fortune 500 clients. Why don't you reach out to one of your clients who could sponsor your leadership program? I'm doing a program on Friday. I think Greg, you got my newsletter. I think I'm doing one with 450 people right now. It's 500 max on this call. So I'm going to do my own webinar, own zoom leadership call on crisis leadership and so, having a sponsor, some company who could potentially pay me to get their word out and partner with them, that was an innovative idea. I wouldn't have thought about that. We have a friendship. He gave his wings away. He said, Waldo, somebody gave me that idea and I'm just passing it forward. That nurtures and solidifies and bonds and bakes in the relationship and creates more of that trusted partnership that you just talked about. And so, If we do that, once again, get the focus off of ourselves. And this may also mean, once again, calling out for help, which is very difficult to do. Take off your mask. You may not be in the jet today. You may lose the thrust. Call out to help. Reach out and maybe somebody can, can help that to you and then pay it forward to someone else. So build that reputation capital in your business, in the universe, in your community. And I think you'll You'll come out the other side of this crisis with that, with the reputation that this person, even when the chips are down, even when their missiles are coming, even when the economy was crapping, he or she was there. I called, she delivered, and that—that that is what trust and relationships are all about. And and you'll bring those relationships to fruition when, if and when you need them in the future.
0: Well said, man. Waldo, I know you've got another mission. Um, we really, really appreciate you taking time with us. Um, I want to encourage everybody to push it up. Tyler, take us on, brother.
1: Absolutely. Waldo, thank you again just so much for joining us today. It was, a, it was an absolute pleasure getting to, uh, getting to talk to you.
2: Oh it was my honor. Uh, I, I really you both of you are, are a great gentleman and, and thank you for preparing and for, for, for the due diligence and, and all that you're doing for the community. I know there's so much we do behind the scenes, beyond these podcasts and beyond our businesses that make a difference. So, it really was an honor.
1: Well, the the honor I think uh, I speak for Greg as well was was ours as well. So uh, thank you again so much, and everybody, thank you for uh, for checking out this episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. Uh, Greg, we have we have more episodes coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And by the way, you know, if people if people want to stay in touch with me, by the way, if they yeah, go, to, go to Waldo Waldman on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Waldo Waldman. And then uh, my website is yourwingman.com. Yourwingman.com. And I'd also like to give everybody a free download to my audio book, Never Fly Solo. It's a New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller. It's 20 bucks on Audible, but I'd like to give it to, to uh, uh, your listeners for free. Uh, and if they go to uh, yourwingman.com, forward slash nfs like never fly solo your forward slash nfs put their name and email address and i'll send you a link there you'll get some videos of my ace program if i can help anybody out or coach them in any way uh please please drop me a line and uh, hopefully they'll get some value out of it
0: awesome waldo thank you so much